Yeah, so to go outside, you have to text the government and you're allowed out two times a day. So you have to say, I'm going for my exercise or essential shopping. <laughs> that there is, I mean, I, can't, I don't even have words for that. It's scary, scary. The worst thing is it doesn't, the system doesn't really work properly with foreign mobiles. So you have to have a, you have to have a sip for your mobile and it's just, it's a nightmare. So we have to call up every time we want to go outside and like dial in with one of these automated systems. So it takes about five minutes each time as well. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Today's guest is Alistair Webster. Alistair runs two websites, freelancesuccess.co.uk and alistairwebster.com, a services-based business. Alistair, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good, man, good. We had a nice wee pre-chat there, so we're all well warmed up. So look, Alistair, you've got kind of got two things going on here. Like One is you have a services-based business, and then you're also looking at helping freelancers to start their own freelance business. So the best thing to do is just give us a wee bit of an introduction to yourself, where you're based, and uh, you know what it is that you do. Yeah, so I'm currently in Cyprus. We came out here in November last year after kind of escaping from the UK. We, we all think, like, like most digital nomads, we got stuck when COVID struck. So I'm out here with my, with my wife, who I met while digital nomading as well. Uh, but I got started freelancing, I think it was 2011. I mean, we, right. we were talking before that you've, you've been to Spain a lot and you, you were working in Spain. I was living in Granada. My girlfriend at the time, she wanted to teach Spanish. I quite fancy living in Spain as well, but I didn't, sp- I didn't speak any Spanish. So I thought, how am I going to, how am I going to get out there and earn some money, you know? So that's how I started. So I started copywriting while I was out there and, uh, kind of worked my way up that way, you know, and then, since then, I've kind of moved into marketing. I've done graphic design as well and web design. So I've kind of brought all those things together into web. I kind of do website packages mainly. That's my main business at the moment. But then also last year, while we were in the middle of the first lockdown and pandemic, I kind of, you know, looking around at the situation, I thought a lot of people are going to be going freelancing in the future now, whether they want to or not. You know, there's a lot of redundancies in the kind of the financial situation. Yeah. So that's where freelance success came from. Excellent. So it's, um, and you do have a, like, there's a free checklist there full of useful information for people who want to get up and running. So that's freelancesuccess.co.uk if somebody wants to download that guide. I totally agree with you. Like, some people are going to kind of have their hand forced at it, but other people are maybe going to look at the world differently. Like, this is a fundamental reshift. A lot of people didn't think that they would work from home, and now they are. A lot of people didn't think, oh, Jesus, I could spend six months of the year living in Spain. And work and get paid the same as I would if I was working in London or working in New York or wherever it is. I think one of the biggest challenges people face is getting clients. You know, like that's kind of one of the things, because when you become a freelancer, like when you have a job, it's pretty straightforward in terms of like you get told what to do. There's certain expectations you get paid on this date. When you're a freelancer, all that goes out the window and you become the salesperson, the accountant and the person delivering upon the services. Now look, same as a builder or a painter or a decorator, only this is in a digital format. So can you talk to me about when you're living in Spain, were you like looking for clients and like you're in Cyprus now and you're selling website packages, are you trying to do that locally where you are residing or are you targeting the American market or the UK market? Can you talk a little bit to 
how you would get clients and how you've managed to do that since 2011. Yeah, so I've, I mean, I've traveled a lot I and mean, we're more settled now in Cyprus for the moment. But yeah, I've always tended to focus on the UK mainly. I mean, just because of the language as much as anything, but also, I mean, it keeps things more simple with tax and that kind of thing. You can work from anywhere with the kind of thing I do, but it also helps to have a kind of a local base as well. So in the middle of all of the last 10 years when I've been freelance, I also had a job in a marketing team in Nottingham. So I mean, when you're there, you kind of make connections and then that can lead to work. But yeah, I think it's, especially if you're going somewhere where you want to change where you are and you want to travel around a lot and go to different countries, it it helps to kind of focus on one place and maybe the place where you're most comfortable, which for me is the UK. No, absolutely. And like I still, years later, get referred work from my days in the Chamber of Commerce and B&I from years ago. And I didn't love it when I was there, but like I can see the value of it. You know, like in, in, in hindsight, you can kind of look back on it and go, you know, there's there's a lot. Like you're saying, people who you interacted with who maybe you were at meetups together when we would do like these tech meetups or, you know, online business meetups or whatever. So I think it is good for people to explore that. I mean, right now it's a bit different because you can't do the in-person ones, but, you know, like joining online things in your local community, if you are there, even if you are looking at getting away to somewhere like Cyprus or Spain or wherever, man, like it's, it's really weird at the minute because some countries are completely open. Like I have a friend heading to Mexico next week, played El Carmen. It's completely open. There's no anything. Like you don't even need a negative test to enter the country like he has to get it to go through madrid because madrid requires a test to fly through madrid but to go into mexico nothing but then other countries like i'm in northern ireland now but like between ireland and northern ireland still like level five lockdown nonsense where everything is locked up you mentioned to me that in cyprus what did you say yeah, so to go outside, you have to text the government and you're allowed out two times a day. So you have to say, I'm going for my exercise or essential shopping. <laughs> that there is, I mean, I, can't, I don't even have words for that. It's scary, scary. The worst thing is it doesn't, the system doesn't really work properly with foreign mobiles. So you have to have a, you have to have a sip for your mobile and it's just, it's a nightmare. So we have to call up every time we want to go outside and like dial in with one of these automated systems that takes about five minutes each time as well oh probably cost you a fortune too yeah if you're trying to do it oh but look i mean you know what can you do like see it as it is not worse than it is all right you know like ultimately you know if you there's certain industries that are like they're just in trouble and i regret i mean i did my degree in bar management business with bar management that was my college degree so like people who work in hospitality it's not looking pretty right now so a lot of people, like you're saying, are, like they're going to have to learn or maybe they're going to want to learn freelance skills. They're going to want to learn skills that they can take with them. So can we talk a little bit to, you know, about freelance success? You mentioned that, you know, you, you were going to work on a course. Like what do you see as some of the key fundamental basics that people would have to have if they're going to head off and become a freelancer? Yes. Yeah, so for me, freelancing is kind of more, so it's my, my website's called Freelance Success, but I think Different people define success in completely different ways. So I would say, I mean, for example, when I started freelancing, I was copywriting. I was working for these, you know, these content factories where you're just churning out endless articles on every topic under the sun. And it's not that well paid, you know, but it was enough for me at that time to do what I wanted to do and be in Spain and, you know, go out for a beer and have tapas and all that. So for me, that's freelance success as well. You know, you don't have to be earning millions it's more about having the freedom to do what you want to do and live a life that you've actually thought about and actually want to do rather than just what everyone else is doing and what you think you should be doing. Yeah, man. I mean, that's powerful. And, and I think 
defining your own success is so important. What do you want? Because everybody is different. Like, you know, like you're saying, I know a couple, I interviewed one or two people. Granada seems to be a real uh, hotspot for digital nomads in Spain. I interviewed this one girl, Katie Uniac, I think her name is, and she does like translations from English to Spanish. I interviewed one or two other people there. I can't names. I'm forgetting the names right now, but, you know, but they were very similar at that time in their approach of, look, you know, I just want to live. I don't want to work seven days a week, 15 hours a day trying to make, you know, a million euro a year. I'm happy. I got my little business. I got things coming in. I got leads. You can increase your rates, maybe get a bit more efficient, you know, and, and like some people then want to spend as little time. Ironically, my assistant Marie is like, I don't want to work all the time. So like, I just want to have like one or two good clients and then I just want to go to the beach. You know, <laughs> She's like, I don't want to be on a computer all day, you know, and, and it's uh, that's a good way to be. So I think that's important. I think so even if you don't if you don't want to travel I mean it's people I mean people from the covid they spend more time at home you know they want to spend more time with their kids or whatever or see their family or their friends you know it's just priorities as well isn't it and freelancing gives you the kind of ability to choose that it does it can make it stressful too though like you know when my daughter was born we had come back from living like we, I was gone for like seven or eight years out of Ireland, like living all over Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, Spain, everywhere, New York. You know, it was a bit of a culture shock. And we always thought we were going to be straight gone. Like we were like, oh, six months, we're going to be gone. But my daughter ended up in a harness because of her hips. She had problems with her hips. So like we couldn't go anywhere for, I mean, nearly two years at least. And then we kind of got settled in, you know. And, and like at that time, I was I was doing freelance SEO, freelance web design social media kind of doing a little bit of everything you know like managing stuff for different people and then I got a job with Shopify and like it's been really good and I really like it and and I kind of was able to then for me it you know it was a remote position so I was able to not do so much of the freelance stuff and then do things that like the podcast do some affiliate marketing still build websites but you know only service business websites and it's all outsourced so like it just kind of built a little team but just like that you know we're in this position now where we could do probably five or ten websites a month and i would be working like nine to five shopify and then six till midnight on my business and all weekend and that sounds like hell to me. I don't want to do that. So, you know, so I'm I'm quite happy to just be like, I do my nine to five with Shopify and then I maybe work four hours on the weekend to keep the web design business taking over and an hour or two during the week for podcasts and have a full time assistant. And then it just kind of all runs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't want it to be too much more than that, you know, like in terms of the stress that I'm under or the time that it takes away because like you're saying more about the priority like my daughter is my priority and I would rather spend my weekends taking her to the park and hanging out than chasing another couple of grand or whatever like you know so but it doesn't mean that there's not ambitions there and like you know we're always working on different things like how to make the web design business more efficient how to find good courses to promote maybe even creating a course which is something i've been looking at since last year i did a course actually it's called course creators Bootcamp by uh, jill and josh staunton who are very good like i love jill and josh i've been following them for years i met them in thailand when they were not at all successful and they were doing like affiliate stuff and well they were successful but they weren't like they are now with their big massive platform and huge audience so i've kind of watched their entire journey and it was a very good course um i thought it was very helpful in terms of helping you to frame out so can you talk to me about that with regards to you know when you're thinking about launching a course this is your first time you've launched a course yeah 
how are you thinking about it? What's the journey you want to take somebody on? Uh, so with this course, I kind of see it as it's kind of a natural progression of the freelance success. So I'm kind of building it to cover everything that that website should really tell somebody in one neat package, really. So it's kind of, it's almost building like a curriculum of what you need to get started as a freelancer and kind of avoid all the mistakes that I made when I was, when I was younger, you know, I mean, so, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes, but it was, I wouldn't change them, you know, cause you have to go through some mistakes, but I think there are some that you can avoid and you can do some things better definitely. And, you know, just, it's the kind of the mindset of being a freelancer and actually taking yourself seriously as a business. If you, if that's what you want to do and grow and, uh, so you can avoid the kind of situation where you just, like you were saying, where you, you end up spending your weekends working on projects and you don't really have time to do the fun things or have the freedom associated with being a freelancer. That's what I'm trying to do with the course, really. And I think it's, it's just good to have another revenue stream as well and, you know, get the word out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm all for it. I haven't built or launched anything myself yet, and I look forward to seeing where yours goes. It's one of these markets where, like, see, the make money online market is tainted with all sorts but becoming a freelancer is not a oh you know knock up this website sell this thing make money it's very different it's use skills that you have or learn skills and then apply them to help somebody else and take a cut for it you know what i mean like it's a service business so it's it's, it's a different i think it's a different type of thing and, it, and it's um in demand and needed you know especially given the, the current climate it's also having been able to get out to the right people as well isn't it i mean like like you're saying it's it's about reaching those people it's no good being able to do the skills and help people if you don't actually get out to the people who need it if they never hear from you then nothing's going to happen well let's talk about that a little bit then because sales is so important and i think we've talked I mean, so many times in this podcast with different people that if you're a freelancer and you want that to be your core way of generating income for yourself and you're not like what you would consider fully booked or, you know, you don't have your ideal clients even, you know, maybe you're working people and you're like, ah, you took this work and you really would have preferred not to, but you needed money and you just did it, you know, because that happens. Like, look, these are like you're saying, these are the experiences you, you nearly have to go through to people where you realize, ah, I hate working with dentists or something like, you know what I mean? Like, cause they're just impossible to get a hold of and they never give you replies. Whereas I love working with online entrepreneurs or I love working with, you know what I mean? Like you figure it out, like who, who it is that you like to serve. Like, so, you know, what, what would be your tips with regards to just kind of sales? Like, you know, how would you approach sales? Do you use LinkedIn? Do you do cold email? What's your strategies? I think it depends what your personality is in a way. You know, you have to work to your strengths. If you're somebody who likes to talk to people a lot, then get out there and email people. If if you don't take, I mean, a lot of freelancers, I think they kind of take silence or rejection quite personally, don't they? So if you if you're that kind of person who feels like that, then spending your day sending out cold emails to get no reply is probably not the best way to go for you. What I've been trying to do recently is kind of encourage people to set up sales funnels, even if you're a freelancer. So just have a simple landing page with one aim. Just try to get people to download your, you know, your lead magnet, which just offers some help to somebody. And then you start to grow your email list because then once you decide you do want to launch a course or that kind of thing, you've then actually got an audience who are interested in you. They're interested in what you have to say. And then you, so it's not, you're not just launching it out into the, into the ether with nobody listening to you. You've done the hard work first. So it's, they're interested already. You've done the selling. And I think that works with services as well when you're a freelancer. If you keep on people's mind with a regular email and they, you know, they value what you're saying and what you do and you don't waste their time, then when they need somebody who does what you do, they're going to reach out to you. I did notice that on your um, website, you know, that you have a proven framework for building a website 
for your freelance business that helps people get more clients. So with your services businesses or with your service business, do you, like you're saying you sell packages, do you typically service service business owners? Like, or is it, you know, kind of broad spectrum, like, you know, it could be painter, a decorator, a builder, an accountant, like... Yeah, t- typically I've done kind of smaller businesses like that, but I think I think with the freelance success as well, I'm kind of moving into also helping other freelancers because I think even even web designers and web developers, you look, you look at their websites, their own websites, and for some reason we just have a block when it comes to our own website, don't we? I mean, it just feels like a waste of time or, you know, you just can't see it objectively. It's, it's one of those things where people often... Uh... Don't look after their own stuff first, but but then there, there's a flip side to that too, where somebody can spend too much time because they're procrastinating in avoidance of that rejection that you spoke of. You know, maybe they're spending forever building their website and writing their copy and making their lead magnet, and and they're not doing the hard thing, which is, you know, getting doing the sales, reaching out, asking. I've often thought of sales. It took a while to learn this, but like just like it is a numbers game. You know, there's going to be for every 10 people you talk to, there's going to be X amount of no's. And, you know, you just kind of need to get comfortable. Like you're saying, not take it personally. Like so many things could be happening. It just might not be the right time. Maybe they've had a bad experience. Maybe they just don't have the money right now. Like there's all these different scenarios that have nothing got to do with your skills, your abilities, the service you can provide. It's just maybe not the right time. So, you know, you just need to move on. Like you're saying, keep sharing with those people relevant content and sort of next time they do think about a web design or they need a writer or they want a copywriter or whatever that you're the person who comes top of mind how, how do you approach it how do you do you tend to do colder reach out reach out or do you yeah paid ads a lot of referrals like our web design business is probably 50 percent referrals like i'm saying from because we only really service irish businesses largely like we have a few in australia America and the UK but like the Irish government gave out what's called the local enterprise office grant so we get loads of referrals the Irish government basically pay you to get online but you pay first and then they reimburse you so we've just kind of tapped into that market and like I said my assistant does all the emails we just run Facebook ads to landing page collect people's email addresses target service business owners and then the other half of it is like people in the chamber of commerce local enterprise office who know that we build websites or people just refer us because like I said like I've been building websites here for like nearly 10 years now so or not 10 like it's about 7 years we've been back so like you know for 7 years I've been interacting around this whole part of the country so lots of people know that i build websites you know like so but that's it yeah but the difference now though is like compared to before because like before i worked with shopify i was building e-commerce websites for people but now i don't do that at all because it's basically a contractual thing that i don't build anything shopify so i just keep everything like service business owners so that's like black and white nothing to do with e-commerce i've kind of i have to make that like differentiation between the two so that but look it's good those are kind of the key ways really like referrals and then facebook ads i don't do google ads for the web design i found them very expensive and i didn't really get the leads that i wanted yeah it's getting it's getting down to like a process isn't it like a simple this is what you do it's almost like a machine for you isn't it now it sounds it just keeps the work coming well, that's it. Like, you know, we know how much we make on a website thereabouts. So, like, I know I can spend however much. Like, a website is a high-ticket item, you know? Like, it's a couple of grand. Like, as you know, like, you know, if you, it could be anywhere from two grand to eight grand, somewhere around that region. So, like, 
I don't mind spending a hundred euro, two hundred euro to get a, a highly qualified lead, you know, because I know that like we convert pretty highly because our web like we use a really good platform with really good systems in place. Like it's I don't know. I like I kinda feel like you have to have a cost for it. And if we get no's I actually turn down quite a few websites. Like I we get people all, all the time asking us, like, who even aren't like I'm saying, nothing to do with the e commerce, but maybe they're too it's too complex of a project or they're asking too much or you can just sometimes you build this kind of muscle where you're like mm, no that's not for me man no I know you're going to be a pain in the head because as well like I'm saying for me like I literally use four hours on a Saturday morning that has to run the entire machine yeah so it's kind of like do I think that we're going to be able to service and, and that's also just from experience of you know years ago taking on clients that were demanding lots but not really willing to pay for it and maybe you do it and then you're like what the fuck is this like you know it's you know and and, and you're you're not in a good place so i think it comes back to like it's a really good skill to develop is like when to know somebody's not a right fit like you know if you start to get that gut feeling when you're even if the money's there or the money's all right sometimes you just know there's like mm, this is going to be a bad client that's really important isn't it and you, you can kind you can kind of tell on the first first chat you have with them usually can't you but you can, but when you're new, maybe you can't. So look, hopefully these are things that you'll cover in, you know, when you're doing a course to like, you know, I mean, I think that is important. That is an important part, just like the mindset of like, don't take it personally if somebody tells you go away, like in your initial stages, you know, like it's okay. It's a numbers game. It's like, okay, so that's another no out of the way. Next, you know, like progress until you get those clients because there's so much business out there for freelancers like even before this call we hit on an industry that i know is booming in cyprus and you hadn't even really thought about it at all or even you know it's not even something that registered and i know for a fact that the iGaming businesses are like all the gambling companies all the russians all register and set up in cyprus a lot of the middle eastern countries as well because it's tax haven you have malta cyprus gibraltar all the iGaming companies and even the ones that used to be in Costa Rica, then they changed the rules and a lot of them moved over there. It's just like you open the window and then you look in and you're like, Jesus Christ, all this is in here? And maybe you don't want to service them clients. Maybe they're a nightmare to you. But the idea is just you don't realize how much opportunity that there is out there sometimes until somebody helps you, you know, kind of clears the window for you. And you're like, look, yes, you could service just podcasters and do show notes and help them promote on social media. Like, that's a business. You know, you can make a business of that. You can do social media. You can do Facebook ads, web design, copywriting. I mean, the, the technology now as well just makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Even than 10 years ago. I mean, like the way we're talking, it's just easy, isn't it? Everything's easy. You can you can kind of run a team without having a team just using software and, I mean, like email automations, you know, that kind of thing. You can set it up to just, it can act as a team member for you, can't it, even if you're on your own. Absolutely. Let's just kind of hit on that a little bit. So, you know, when you have, so you've been running a service business now for, I mean, 10 years, basically, like, you know, and it's obviously developed from just doing copywriting to doing, like you're saying, web design packages and, and offering, I imagine, copywriting and design as a part of the package. Like, how do you manage your projects? How do you make sure you don't overcommit? Can you talk about that? I think that's something that you learn as well. But I definitely didn't used to do that at the start. I would often have some all-nighters when I was first going. But over time, you just kind of, like you say, you start to think who's going to be a time waster, who isn't. And you you start to take things a bit more seriously. So you might get a contract in place, whereas in the past you'd have just winged it. So now I've got, you know, you have milestones, you know, so at least you're going to get paid. And, you know, you have, you, if you clearly define what a job actually is, then 
it doesn't tend to run over as much and everyone's on the same page, you know, so that kind of thing. And I think learning just the project management skills is really important just to manage so many different things. And, you know, there's productivity techniques that you can learn, like the kind of Pomodoro technique and all that where you, you know, you work on small chunks of things. So, but yeah, no, you're right. Well, you hit on two very important ones there, I think, and um, clearly defined contracts and milestones for the project. So do you think those are kind of like mistakes that people make initially um, when they're starting out that they should really factor in and consider? Because there's probably apprehension about making contracts with people like yeah it feels awkward and it feels like you might lose the job maybe if you're being too demanding of the client and it's the kind of thing we're getting getting paid 40 percent up front that kind of thing it feels like you're being a bit pushy or you're not trusting the client but you know the more you do it the more it just becomes natural and there's templates that you can use on the internet and you know you, you don't have to use legal jargon i think just even if you just have an informal agreement you know that kind of thing just so everyone's on the same page because it's especially when you're working remotely as the digital nomads do you know it's the kind of it's the gaps in communication the little interpretations which can become big problems if you if you don't really clarify things and have them in an email so so even if you just even if you just write down what you've agreed in an email after you've chatted with the client it can really help just to make sure there's no disagreements that grow over time excellent and then for project managing you touched on that would you have a favorite tool like for doing that uh, yeah, I've, start, I've started using Roam Research, you know, the that's kind of the trendy note-taking app at the moment, isn't it, that people are, are getting into. It's called Ro- Roam Research, yeah. It's kind of, it's a bit, you don't you know Notion, it's a bit like that. Oh, I was just about to say, Notion is the one that everyone seems to be uh, on. I'm still old school, I'm Trello, all day long. Love Trello, so handy. My whole team just works in it. It's hooked into Zapier and Google Drive, I mean... I don't need to do anything to do, like we get a new client, in comes, create a new Trello, she manages it all, when she drags things along, the card from there to there, it auto fires everything. I really only need to come in like at the the initial stage to have a look and then at the end stage to test everything, just make sure we're good to go live. And then we're always refining it. I think that's another important thing with any project management tool. It's never fully done. You're always refining it you know and like not like in some militaristic way like sometimes i just sit down on a sunday with a coffee and i'm, I'm like i look at the thing and i'll be like ah it should have this in or maybe we should start like lottie files as an example this new design thing that's really cool i love lottie files you would see the animated i think you have one on your website don't you like it's an an, an animated web file they're super fast we've been putting these on clients websites and they love them they absolutely love them and you know like some of them are free sometimes you pay like a dollar or six dollars for a pack but like just little things like that like you know so now that's part of the the project where like we will usually use lottie files and sometimes you learn you learn things too you know like maybe something didn't go swimmingly in the project and you're like ah okay the hosting provider didn't route the emails because the a record you know there'll be some technical thing that you're like okay let's not make that mistake again <laughs> you know that needs to go into the trello and uh, the card doesn't get moved until all the checkboxes are ticked and then you're just creating like kind of like a machine i don't like it is you're just trying to build good systems you know what i mean like and and build good systems that help smoothly bring people through the output and then hopefully you can kind of ramp it up a little bit with the same team over time you know yeah so. and especially if you're working with a team you kind of need something that everyone can get behind so i mean i'm, I'm using this room it's like a fancy tool you can like link ideas together and that kind of thing but it's quite it's quite nerdy really to be honest so if i if i, if I was working with more of a team i think i'd go for something more like trello or you know 
the typical ones because obviously not everyone's as interested in it as I am, you know? Yeah, I know, but look, I, I like exploring these things, but I, I find you can spend as much time project managing project management tools as you do actually doing the work. Like sometimes, and that's why I've I've tried ClickUp and I've tried one or two other ones and, and I've always just kind of come back to it. I like Trello. It's really easy. It works fine and it connects with everything. And, you know, if anything, just learn more about Zapier. Like, because Zapier is the magic in between, you know, that can like make everything else happen. So we've done that and... So we've actually started using, so I only have one person who I deal with. This was a fundamental, I think this is important for if you're building teams, if you're kind of stepping out of the freelancer, because I can't be a freelancer and have a full-time job. Like to me, that was just not happening, right? But I still wanted, I have an opportunity to earn, like you're saying, more revenue streams. So I have to build a business that requires the minimum amount of effort from myself. So I put an online business manager in place and I've trained her. And she now has the permission to deal with all of the freelancers. So we use Fiverr for business where you can actually assign somebody to manage all of the freelancers. So she does everything. She has the permissions now to order to everything. And then she, so she's the one central hub for Trello. I love how that works now. Like, you know, like you're saying, like, this is what the technology allows for now. It's like Fiverr for business, like a hundred quid a year. Trello is like a hundred quid a year. And then, you know, her fee is her fee. And then she manages everything. So we need graphics, we need copywriting, we might need a, a fix with something, maybe we need some a video made. Like she just does it all in Trello and manages it with these clients and it just it, I don't know, man, it just makes it so much easier. It's, it's almost like it's like magic, isn't it? That you can just <laughs> Yeah, well I mean look, you, you will have problems every now and then but yeah it's mostly it's pretty sweet you know like the technology allows for for this and it's, it's great to hear that you have you know your tool of choice and that i, I look for roam research and uh notion so we'll, we'll we'll have a look at them but um no that's interesting so it's been an interesting chat man I, i've enjoyed uh you know talking with you and, and and touching base on all things freelancing and getting set up you know if somebody has started freelancing and they've kind of been doing it for a while and they're looking to maybe ramp up or, or get more business like given the current situation of everything that's going on like what what do you think will be some good advice or strategies for these people i think look for the opportunities in the technology like we've been talking about if you can build systems that work for you you don't need a huge team of employees if you can build a process so if you can get your website make it simple make it easy to understand what you do what who you can help what problems you're solving so when I build websites, I use this kind of framework, which was it comes from Donald Miller in his kind of story brand world. So it's kind of you treat your business as a story. So you have you're trying to help the hero of the story, which isn't you; it's your client. You're the kind of the guide in a movie, for example. So you're the Gandalf to the Frodo. You know, you're, you're showing them the way and how to reach their goal at the end. So you can kind of put that into into everything you do. That kind of story, because we really engage with stories. So in the website, you can guide them through, you show them how you can help them, you show them what they're missing, you know, what their life can be like if they work with you. Try to get their email, don't go straight for the sale, you know, give them some useful advice and then just build some emails that go out to them and help them. That's the way because then it kind of, it's automated. You just need to share your lead magnet, you need to get people moving through your kind of system and then you can really, really help the people. And you're also attracting the right people and, you know, you're filtering out the people who are going to waste your time. I think we tend to kind of associate that kind of sales funnel with products more than services typically, but I think freelancers can really benefit from it, especially when it's so easy to just, you know, make a lead magnet, jump on Facebook, you know, go into Facebook groups with 
with, you know, with relevant people, stick them in there. It doesn't need to cost you a lot of money or time. Just do 20 minutes a day of that, distributing it, and you know you can make a really good business doing that. Absolutely, man. I love it. I, I love um, that you hit on the, the storytelling side of things. We did a, a storytelling workshop actually last Friday, and it was so interesting, man. So many stories are, like you're saying, that the hero's journey, you know, like it's like the ultimate story forever and evermore, you know, from dragons knights going off to fight dragons and you know now you see brands who do it really well like harry's the shaving brand they do it so well that's a product business and they took on i mean basically you know the story is like these two guys could they really take on the shaving giants gillette you know like and and uh, their video for it is really good so it's turning that around like you know like you're saying in a service-based environment i like how you put that man like so the hero is the client and the hero's journey is if it's a product business, you're the hero. You're the hero who took on this thing and, and you're providing a solution. Whereas for a service business, it's actually kind of flip side where the client is the hero and you're going to take them on that hero's journey from I want a website, I want to have a freelance business, I want to go and live in Cyprus or Spain or Thailand or wherever. How can I do that? Well, I'll show you the way. I'll show you how you can do that. I mean, that's kind of what these interviews are about. Like, you know, it's like, I'll let, let's talk with people who are doing it. And, you know, maybe I'll kind of shine a light on the way. So there's our way. Maybe it's the way for you. Maybe everything we discussed isn't. Maybe somebody's doing a different thing. And that's why I interview different people. But, you know, what, what you're saying there, show them the way. Explain how you can help. And don't go for the sale, offer related and helpful advice. Obviously, have a book now button or a work with me button there as well, I would imagine, would would be a part of it. Because some people maybe were referred to and they just want to get in touch. But I like that, man. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like, that's a nice way of thinking about it. I hadn't ever reframed it in my own mind that way so that that's a that's a lovely takeaway i think to to finish up the episode on yeah it's it's a good framework just because especially when you're doing your own website you're kind of you're thinking about yourself aren't you writing about me this is you know this is where i went to school this is where i did all this i mean clients don't really care about that do they They care about how you're going to help them so it's a good way to kind of think you're not the hero of this story you know you're the you're the the person who's helping yeah you're, you're helping them on their hero's journey I remember seeing a formula before for like your LinkedIn profile and it was just like, and you'll see a lot of this. If I highlight this, you'll see it if you're on LinkedIn. Helping, right? The first word is helping. So it's helping insert ideal client to solve biggest pain point, you know, or achieve ideal outcome. So like helping e-commerce businesses to sell more products with email marketing. It's very specific, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like to think about it in, in that way too. It puts you in, but a lot of copywriting can be like that. Like, I, I, I love copywriting. I've read a lot of that um, Ogilvy stuff and I've read all his books. I enjoy it. Like, it, it's kind of like sciency. you know what I mean? Like, I've read all the ClickFunnels books and all that sort of jazz. They have a lot of these templates, but it kind of works in like little frameworks, you know? It's like like you're you're saying here, Who's your ideal client? Are you speaking to them on your pages, in your social media, or are you talking about yourself all the time? (laughs) Because that's wrong, but you might think it's the right thing to do. I'm so experienced and I went to school here and I I worked with this person. The important thing is to actually turn it around and be like, look, I can help you do this. It's interesting, man. I love it. So if people want to get in touch with you with regards to service base stuff it's alistairwebster.com isn't that correct yeah that's the one yep 
and then it's freelance success.co.uk for the freelance success. Yeah, that's and that's where you've got the checklist that helps people to get started or get up and running as a freelancer. Uh, watch out for this space because there's a course coming down. Where else can people connect with you if they wanted to get in touch, Alistair? Yeah, on Instagram, Alistair T. Webster. Yeah, that's the main places. Freelance success, there's loads of free, free blogs and that kind of thing that you can check out. Perfect. Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners, for everybody for tuning in. Take care, Alistair. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.